The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of The Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I've got Troy Smotherman. That's and right. Tr- Troy, thanks for being here, brother. Uh, he is um, one of the owners of Start Organic. Start Organic. Him and his his uh, his buddy from college, Josh uh, Levine, uh, they have this uh, uh, organic vegetable garden educational get started business. But they they actually have a team. They go out and and they they literally help you get your uh, gardens going for corporate and all kinds of stuff. He'll get into that. Um, and just to give a shout out, uh, he was referred to me by, um, by Max over at, uh, organic insider. So if you guys have not checked out, um, Max Goldberg's, I've had him on my show. If you haven't listened to it, go back and find the episode with Max Goldberg. Um, what I like about Max, he's got a, uh, he's, he's like an independent journalist when it comes to plants and soil and what's going on with the organic movement and how it's been hijacked and, uh, how people like Troy are trying to, you know, take it back. So, because I mean, the re- the reality is, is the word organic has been, when especially it goes into commercial means, completely it's being bastardized. They're allowing chemicals and pesticides. They're not testing. They're not doing this. And I've talked to farmer after farmer, after farmer after farmer at these farmers markets and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, is this organic? You know, and this was years ago because I didn't know back then. And and they're like, uh, well. It's not certified organic, and I'm like, oh, well, I don't want it. That's what I was thinking, first response in the back of my head. But when they when they told me why, I was like, holy crap, like, is that really happening? And so what they were telling me was, it was like, hey, Tim, like, all they do is make us fill out a bunch of paperwork. They never come out and test anything, and the more money we make as a farm, and we're out there working our butts off, the more they take. So they provide no value. There's they're not holding us accountable. We hold ourselves accountable, right? And so we don't want te- toxic chemicals in our soil and in our food that we're supplying to ourselves and to our customers. And so this is why it's so important to get to know if you're not growing your own food, if you don't know what's in your own soil, then you need to know who you're getting your food from and you need to buy local. This is the only way to circumvent this and stop the madness because it's it's getting beyond like you know, organic having pesticides and fun- and stuff like that. And it's like now there's g- gene edited foods and they're like they're putting vaccines in your carrots. I mean, come on. This is just it's insanity. And what's going to stop it is if you just stop buying this shit, stop buying this crap at the at the grocery store. You have to literally start finding people like Troy and get educated. Grow it yourself um, or find somebody in your area that somebody like Troy is taught and they have a farm going and then you can go buy from them. Support local people. And then by doing that, you're going to support good quality soil and good quality plants. And then you're going to have a healthy soil, healthy plants, and you're going to have a healthy body. And so are your family. Troy, thanks for being here, my friend. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah. And you guys, most of you are listening. You can't see it, but he's got a big corporate garden behind him. So but before we get into that, so let's tell us a little bit about Troy. I mean, where'd you grow up and did you always have a green thumb? 
Or were you surfing a lot? You have long hair, so I was just wondering. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do have long hair. Uh, so I, grew, I grew up in, and this is kind of interesting, and not a lot of people know this. I grew up in what was once called the Valley of the Heart's Delight. Mm. Beautiful place, full of orchards, uh, really heavy fruit production, one of the most agriculturally rich areas in the world. Now that same valley is called Silicon Valley. So I grew up in San Jose, the Blossom Valley, south end of San Jose, and I'm still close. I'm in uh, Campbell, which is another part of San Jose. So I'm still in the sub South Bay area, so Northern California. Okay. And so, did you grow up there? Was you were you on a farm then, or was it rural, or was it suburbs? No, not at all, man. It was yeah, it was suburbs. So just a house with a yard. Uh, you know, two kids, two to a dog, two parents. You know, very very kind of standard upbringing. I'm really I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones, and I, I was I was raised with everything. I had all the chances, all the possibilities. Um, it wasn't until college time frame that I got interested in food. Um, I was going to UC Santa Barbara. I would come home for summers. I started my own garden just to try growing food. You know, I had a little garden in the back of my folks' house and I would plant corn and beans and uh, tomatoes and stuff and just see how it goes. And I just really, I Why guess you I do that. What inspired you to do that? Um, there's a couple of things, man. It's kind of funny. It's, it is a funny story. I was like, how much do I want to tell on here? Um, so I wanted to grow food. I'd never had that experience before. I wanted to do that. Also, I wanted to grow weed. So, okay. So there is a funny segue. Now we're getting kind of, into it. <laughs> kind of a funny thing, right? So I'm like, right. okay, I want to grow this one weed plant. My friend gave me a clone. And I'm like, I want to grow this one weed plant. So I had this whole garden area that I was getting ready to grow my veggies. I'm going to put this one plant in the middle of it and see what happens. Plant ends up being you know, over five feet tall, producing tons of stuff. And I'm in my folks' yard, you know? But they, they think you're, it was, oh, that was, that's pea, pea sprouts. Yeah, yo, it was oregano. That's oregano, mom. You know, my mom's probably going to be listening to this, laughing her butt off. But yeah, oh, that's oregano. That's oregano, mom. Uh, and so, you know, in that process, I'm I'm growing this one, literally one weed plant in there. But I've got it surrounded with tomatoes and peppers. I got all kinds of good stuff. And that experience, I mean, it seems like you're a you're a, a an earthly guy. You're connected. I really oh, yeah. didn't know. I didn't know you before this broadcast here, but you're connected, man. You're living on the land. You're you're making changes to the land. You're trying to make a food forest at your place. The connection that you get when you physically grow something, you care for it, and then you eat it is unlike any experience on earth. Like I think that's really what it means to be a human on earth is to try growing something, to connect with that natural process and have success doing it, pick it out of the ground and eat it. And you're going to feel so completely different. You'll feel like something has clicked, something's changed. Uh, and so that was my first experience. You know, I'm, I go out there and I'm harvesting my own food and I'm like, I'm doing this forever. And I was sold. So the problem was then you smoked the weed and you ate the whole garden. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's another story that we don't have to get into. That's for a different podcast. That was, that was back in the day. Everybody's got their stories. But, you know, I think what you brought up is a really important point. It's like, it's, well, number one, it's nature. It's just getting out of nature is so valuable. Whether you grow your own food or, you know, like for me, I always talk about because these huckleberries, man, they grow naturally up here. I don't got to do nothing. I don't got to water them. I don't got to weed. I just drive up there when they're ready and I pick them and they're perfect and they're freaking delicious. And it makes me feel good. I'm transferring that life force, that earth, the minerals and nutrients right into my body, all those bioflavonoids and phenols and all that 
weird names that they give all these little things that they've broken down. But the, the bottom line is God is locked in these plants. And it's 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 and it's just this symbiotic relationship. And going back to your statement about growth, like something about growing something, growth is um to me it's it's what life's all about. I mean, that's that's what we're here to do. We're we're here to grow and learn and remember. And when we stop growing, we're you're either growing or dying. There is no like, you know, if you get stagnant, then you're kind of like an old nasty mud puddle. And then who wants to drink out of that deal? Absolutely. So, Growth is important, and yeah, it's kind of fun when when you, especially for what you're doing, which is really cool because people are like in the cities, they're disconnected. They, they like Tony Robbins said, they live in a box, then they hop in a box, they drive to work in a box, they get out of that box, get into another box, and they work in their little, and then they put them in like another box inside of a box at their, you know, at their little table or whatever, you know how those call centers and all that stuff is, and people are kind of working doing their thing, and there's no fresh air. Some of them don't even have good lighting. I mean, that building behind you that you see has probably got some decent lighting, but that's yeah. only for the people sitting on the outside. What about the people in the middle? They're not getting good lighting, right? Are they getting fresh air? No, those corporate buildings are super toxic. There's no negative ions in there. It's The carpet's off-gassing. The paint's off-gassing. So these people are, are literally just walking around in these these chemical coffins all the time, and they're even your cars are off-gassing. That new car smell's killing you. Roll it on your windows. Okay, that's <laughs> tip 101 today. But... um. You know, but what you're doing is like you're getting people out of of that. And we'll talk about that more, but I was just, you know, in the next segment, but I'm I'm just thinking about, you know, you as a kid. Now, maybe you can tell us a little bit about Josh because, you know, there's a second side of this coin here. There's there's two of you. So yeah, where man. did you meet Josh and how did you guys come together and start uh, doing Start Organic? Right on. Yeah, uh, Josh and I complement each other really well. He's, he's, he's the yin to my yang, you know, this guy. He's been my friend for a long time. Uh, we went to UC Santa Barbara. We met around 2002. Uh, Josh grew up in Southern California. He grew up on a little farm. So he actually has a lot more of that like lifestyle kind of built in connection to earth. I came into it a little bit later than he did. His family had uh, fruit trees. They had some horses. They were like in a horse connected community down there. He had yeah. livestock going into his little garden. His mom is is a really cool lady. Um, she's, she's one of the, she's one of the good ones, you know, the one of the just instantly connected to the earth kind of ladies. And that's, that was the environment that Josh grew up in, in Southern California. Um, and when we met in college, we were actually meeting to go, uh, break our minds. We were going to go study abroad in Spain and we were part of the same club soccer team. So we knew each other. We had played soccer together. Um, but then we both found out, Hey, we're going to be studying in Cordoba in Andalusia, southern Spain, in the following when the summer ended. And we're like, oh great. So, you know, let's let's keep in touch. And we ended up leaving for Spain early and really becoming really close friends there. We went to soccer games, Real Madrid games. You so know, you guys, uh, you know, you obviously habla espanol because you were there. How long were you there? See, I well, I was there for siete meses, seven months in okay. Spain, living with a family, learning to speak Spanish. Uh, and Josh was my nearest neighbor too. So we just happened to be placed really close to each other. So we developed these really fun ways of getting to school and getting back. And it formed a lifelong friendship for sure. Uh, how old were you when that happened? I was 21. Okay. 21, 21, yeah. finishing, finishing college, 2000, right around 2003, 2002, 2003. So you got to uh, play soccer with the, with the people, the locals over there. Was that fun? Yeah, man. Claim to fame. I actually got paid a little bit to play on a team in Europe. 
Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a dream. Funny. That's a dream for a guy like me. Soccer's soccer's ingrained, man. It's part of my identity for sure. Uh, so it's it's the greatest game on earth, I think. Uh, but being an American kid, being raised up to play soccer and tennis, I'm such a weirdo. You know, like get yeah. people like can you get a football, get a baseball kid, and I uh, never really got into those. Uh, yeah. So Ten- tennis came- is fun. Both of them are require a lot of stamina. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we came back from Spain. We both went into, we were both getting out of college. We both went into corporate jobs. So I went into building houses. I'm a licensed general contractor in California. And so uh, I got into building houses as like an intern. I built a couple of housing projects until, so that was 03 to 08. And right after 08, with the big housing collapse, mm-hmm. I was looking for a change. Uh, Josh went into brand marketing. He was living in San Francisco. He worked for CBS doing like brand marketing stuff. Uh, so after five years in the corporate world, Josh and I both said, F this, <laughs> you know, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're going to go do our own thing. So we actually met up again for a really fun trip. We went to the world cup in, uh, South Africa. Mm. Uh, I had been traveling for the last nine months backpack through Asia, you know, the, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, seeing how they're farming out there, really like opening my mind, challenging myself, getting around the world. And then Josh and I met in South Africa for the World Cup. And we had an absolute blast because World Cup is the best party on the planet, yeah, and especially for soccer lovers. Like, especially like for us. you guys. Good Lord. Yeah. yeah. So we met there and we both said, let's do something else. Let's do something on our own. And as far as timing goes, like I said, I've been real lucky with timing uh, you know as i've developed and as as corporate america has come like corporate life has come to me uh right around then with the housing crisis my folks had bought a place in south lake tahoe on foreclosure paid next to nothing for a, a big house in lake tahoe and they asked me hey we really want someone to live there over this winter because we don't want to winterize it we don't know what to do with it i'm like oh wow Twist my arm, a guy who also likes to go snowboarding. Yeah. So, so I said, hey, Josh, I got a free place for us to live. Let's go there and let's build a business together. You know, let's come up with some ideas. And we threw out a bunch of ideas and Start Organic was the one that caught. And we decided mm-hmm. that's the one we're going to do. Okay. You know, so we started a plant nursery in our laundry room for tomatoes. and so It's snowing outside. We've got tomatoes growing in this little room. Those were the first plants we ever planted in other people's gardens when we came back in the spring of, this is spring 2011. Okay. That, that, that is a cool story. So before we finish up on that, what were the top funnest three things that happened at World Cup? Oh my gosh. Josh and I got published in a magazine. That was cool because we were wearing the most ridiculous clothes. One day we're like <laughs> picking up thrift stuff off the streets and we decided we're going to support every African team. Because this was in South Africa. Yeah, so yeah. We're, we're wearing like a sleeve for Ivory Coast. So I got uh, Nigeria stuff on, you know, uh, Cameroon. We had all the colors. And we're, we're decked out with stuff. We got our Vuvuzelas. I don't even remember the Vuvuzela as like the horn that everyone's blowing during the games. They were oh, yeah. outlawed. They were outlawed after that for good reason. But we're walking down the street, Vuvuzelas. And this magazine guy goes, hey, I'm pulling people off the street. I'm, I'm highlighting them in this, in this magazine. Right. Uh, and so we got we got photographed for this magazine thing. It'd be cool to show an image of it. If I can find it here, I'll, I can share it with you or whatever or for the people at home. Or maybe yeah, I'll that's, post that's it or pretty something. sweet. That's pretty sweet. Uh, so that was a really fun thing. We also drove across the whole country. 
So we rented a car, drove across South Africa, went through wild game parks, saw, you know, elephants. I almost, bad story, I almost hit an elephant with my rental car, which would have been really bad. <laughs> you don't usually uh, hear that. Yeah, I almost had a deer. You hear that around here, but I almost had an elephant. That's a little different. It would have been a horrible <laughs> story, you know. For you. <laughs> tourist, white tourist from America hits elephant in rental car. Great. You know, that's the story you really want. Uh, and then the last fun thing, we did cage diving with great white sharks. Oh, whoa. That's you a know? little adrenaline mover. That was pretty rad, man. Just seeing... I had seen sharks. I'm a scuba diver, so I had seen sharks, but I'd never seen a shark with a gaping mouth going right at you on purpose. Yeah. And so to see that firsthand was was pretty rad. How big was the sharks that you saw? You know, they weren't like the the mammoth ones. They were they were kind of adolescents because they're teasing them with tuna heads and stuff. So they were probably oh, you know, still maybe like twelve feet. Yeah. You know, big, big, <laughs> way bigger than, you know, big enough to scare you at a distance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, that we we made the most of it. That's I love traveling, man. I, I love making the most of life. And, and that was the, the my three favorite things of, of South Africa, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Great story. All yeah. right, guys, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll kind of get into some of the, you know, what they, you know, from the tomatoes and, and beyond what happened uh, when we return. We'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body Turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution absorbs over 100 times better than regular turmeric products, eliminating the need to add black pepper. Turmeric 100 helps against inflammation and pain and is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% natural, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back. With my new gardening buddy, Troy Smotherman. Troy, great backstory. Um, sound like a fun guy. He likes to get outside, travel, nature, beach, surf, all this kind of stuff. Get your hands dirty in the garden, grow things, help people out. I'm all about all that. So that's really cool. Uh, so now you guys, um, you start this business. You start planting tomatoes. And did what? Did what was your business plan? What were you? What were you trying to accomplish? And what was the why did you guys land on what you did? Oh, well, when we first started, I mean, we were throwing ideas out. We were, we had four or five different business ideas that we were going to do. And this one was one that we could start debt-free, right? I had a truck. I have a, a general contractor's license, so I'm allowed to do work in California. Josh had been doing marketing. So we thought, okay, if I run the operations side, Josh does the marketing side, uh, I was like, okay, we got a huge pool of people around the Bay Area that have suburban houses with lots of land. They have good jobs. They want to get into this kind of thing. They have a little bit of money to spend for landscaping services and stuff. Uh, I was connected with my first clients through my mom would work. She used to work at an athletic club. So there was a bunch of athletic, healthy people who had yeah. houses in the area and they let us like put out flyers there. Hey, anyone looking to start a garden? And those were the first sets of clients were just athletic people that I met through my mom's company. And uh, Josh and I would go out there physically, just ourselves, build garden boxes, move all the soil, do the irrigation systems. And we, for nine years or so, 
did one garden at a time building up. I had, we got up to eight employees. We were running around. We had trucks. Uh, we're doing multiple gardens a week, every week. I probably met, you know, 10,000 people personally. Yeah. I went to 10,000 people's houses, looked at their gardens or looked at an area that they wanted to do a garden and gave them a quote and started their garden. You know? Yeah. And then as we develop, we were, we were starting to figure out, Hey, maybe it's better if we teach people how to grow <laughs> instead of doing it for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and so we just started to offer educational services like a personal trainer. Like I would right. be your personal trainer, Tim, I would go to your house once a month and I would give you a gardening class and make sure that you were on the right track. And we would come around for the heavy lifting. We would do like seasonal amendments and stuff like that. Uh, we don't really offer those services anymore because like I said, we transitioned into corporate garden programs. Uh, we met people naturally, organically. We would meet people in the Bay Area. Oh, I work at this company. They would really, they would love if we could do this at the campus. And we started, we, we started talking to those kinds of people. We got our first program at eBay, which turned into PayPal. And that's our longest running program. We still have this program. It's over 10 years. We've been at the PayPal campus in San Jose, downtown San Jose, north North San Jose. All from a tomato. Just from growing our <laughs> own, growing our own starts. And we yeah, always foreclosure. We always joke <laughs> Your mom around has that, foreclosure. That's you know, awesome. we were we were the the only people growing tomato starts indoors in Lake Tahoe in the snow. Because no anybody else that's going to those stores that's buying like, you know, lighting gear or soil is it they're growing weed starts. You know, yeah, let's yeah. be real. So we were the only ones growing just veggie starts in our laundry room there uh, and we used all those plants you know that was our first harvest it was so cool to see that like you know i remember our, our most productive one was this little yellow yellow pear cherry tomato there's like their cherry tomatoes so there's hundreds there's of them like on a, a plant. billion of them on a plant yeah and they 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 taste great they're really easy to grow they're a hybrid so they're ready for any environment we did a bunch of those a full tray of those and those went into like five of the gardens that we did the first gardens and those ones were like our money maker you know people were like wow you know when it's your first garden and you get something yeah. that's producing hundreds of something on one plant <laughs> more than you can eat you're that's a win you know yeah. that's that's how you that's how you transform your mind that's that's how you go from thinking you're a brown thumb and you can't green it grow anything to being like i'm a green thumb now just one season yeah you know cool all right so you guys start getting referrals um you go into to the corporate thing and why what what was the advantages of taking on these corporate accounts consistency right uh when we grow especially here in california we have year-round growing seasons so we have an audience like for example i run this program at intuit this is Intuit, right they've got TurboTax and quickbooks and stuff uh, i've got a hundred and 150 people that I teach year round there. So we're not out there looking for new clients all the time. I can focus on this group, this class. We kind of put them into like graduating classes. So I can focus on this group of, of people and get them successfully growing a summer garden, transitioning that, and then growing a winter garden. And we don't have to be out there building a new garden every week. We we killed ourselves, man. Like I, I ran myself into the ground, moving, literally shoveling poop. Right. Yeah. If you want to go there, like that's what it takes. You want to you want to make a small business. I mean, you get it. You've done it. You literally have to shovel poop sometimes. We're we're shoveling uh, chicken manure 
you know, organic composted chicken manure into our gardens. And that's, that might be your day today. Yep. You know? Yep. So, so basically you, 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 you go to this one-on-one -on -one approach and then now it's kind of like you said, a personal trainer, you coach them one-on-one -on -one, depending on your notoriety and all that stuff. But you know, most of these personal trainers are hourly plus this little teeny tiny bonus, like 24 hour fitness. But let's say you go to a gym and you have your own clients and all that stuff. And I don't know, maybe you're making 50, hundred bucks an hour, 150, 250, depending on how good you are, but you're limited because you're trading time for dollars and you're only helping so many people. Right. But when you can do group classes, yeah, all of a sudden you get 30 people, 40, 20, 30 people in a class. Now they've all pay less, but you get to instruct more. And then everybody gets to learn from everybody else's questions and learning. It's kind of, it's a great dynamic, right? So it's right. like you become a, you went from like a, coaching a wrestler to a football team basically right exactly exactly and, now, and then what i saw what i see happening here is then you you have all these people that want to get out of these boxes and come out and garden and the companies want to do this because they know it's good for morale and camaraderie and it's good for their health and they have less time off i would imagine all this stuff their health insurance costs I mean, go down for a so company for a company you can't do a better program it's health and wellness in one program, health and wellness in a program, it's sustainability, it's yeah. de-stressing, it's active. So it's actually getting you up out of your desk. It checks absolutely every box that all of these employee engagement people are looking for yeah. uh, in one place. And it really isn't that costly because no. the, empl the employees yeah. are, are maintaining the garden because they want to. You yeah. know, they're, ta they're taking And once the you food. get the infrastructure set up, it's there's not a whole lot of extra cost, right? Right, right. So, uh, and, then, and then, sorry, uh, and then COVID ahead. comes along, right? And so we have this these in-person programs where we're we're there every week. We want to teach these classes in person. COVID comes along, and we were actually developing online courses before that happened, and so we kind of hit it at the perfect stride where we had just launched our first course, like in that March of 2020, when everything was disintegrating. And so now the programs that we offer are, are hybrid. So it's come in, see us when we're here. Also take classes with us, um, you know, online. Okay. And I'll, I'll come back to that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so these people come in now, what I'm, what I'm thinking is going to happen is not only do these people like, Oh yeah, I'll go out there and garden at my job or whatever and get paid to garden, I guess. And then they're eating the food, correct too. Yeah, they take it home or what to their families? What they're taking home what they eat or what they grow? What they grow? Okay. And then how many of those people would you say by percentage um, that learned to grow that possibly had never grown before decided to go home and start their own garden? Uh, easily a third of the people. A third. Okay. Yeah, easily a third of the people are going home and starting some kind of small garden, taking what we're teaching there, and and applying did, it to did you have garden. to shovel any of that chicken manure or do they did it all themselves in the beginning you know like i said we've been doing there was a lot of overlap there i said we've been doing this company where this, we're in our 14th year for the first nine years we were we were shoveling poop and we've had paypal now for 10 years so there's this big overlap period where if people at their company wanted to start a garden we were the ones they would hire to do it and now we're trying to not do that as much, man. We're trying yeah, to Yeah, and you get and get get people to be self-sufficient and start it on themselves. And then you you have these online courses. So now can somebody that doesn't live in your area just take your online courses and get started? 
Yeah, absolutely. The the courses that we of, made that's kind of the movement, right? Yeah, the courses that we made are you know start a successful vegetable garden anywhere using this course, and you're you're gonna look up your own zip code. That's that's the number one thing. Do you know? This is a good question for you. Do you know what your USDA growing zone is? Right? Uh, can I find? I can find it on your site. Can I? Uh, not on our site, actually. I, that's a really good idea. We should do that. What is your growing zone? You could type it into any Google search. You know, type in your zip code and then what is my USDA growing zone or just USDA growing zone? And it will spit out a number between like one and 12. I'm going to tell is, you real soon. I guess is you're like a 6B or 7A or something. What's your gardening to US planning zone? What's my growing zone? Yeah. Uh, privacy. I don't agree. Leave me alone. Um <laughs> I can okay. make, I can help. I can probably look it up too. My guess, though, I'm gonna guess that you're a six, six, six ish, six B, seven A, kinda. You know. Well, there's, I saw there's snow. A... I saw snow on the hills, so that means colder. You might even be six A or even five B. Well, this one's weird. Oh, that's not it. So, is there a site that you can go to to find this? Uh, I mean, even like U.S. USA. Oh, here it is. Planting hardiness zone. Plant hardiness zones? Is that plant it? Plant hardiness zone. USDA plant hardiness zone. Find an address. Okay, let me type it in. Um, Any zip code. You can type just like, you know, your your regular zip code even. Grand Oregon. Okay. Okay, so, yep, it, it shows sure more results. What number does it give you? Um, Because that's yeah. this is the start. Of, the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is this is the start of any conversation when you, I mean, you said, you know, before the session here, we talked a little bit about your farm. You want to start a food forest. That number is going to determine what you can and cannot grow without a greenhouse or with a greenhouse, right? Hmm. Did it spit out a number for you? I might be able to. Maybe I can find it too. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to take. Visit the ARS time. plant hardy. Oh, this is important because everybody. I think I found the link here. I can also put if I find a link that works here. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I think I found it. Nine seven eight five zero. It's the 2023 USDA plant hardiness zone map. Bam. Okay, let me hit go search. It should just give you a number. Boom. You know you're in zone six A or something. I don't think. Why is it? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't take too. It shouldn't be too hard. Oh, six B. Six B. Okay, not bad. Not bad. I'm in like eight. I'm in like. If there was a, a a zone that like Garden of Eden was in, that's like eight or nine, where it's like anything you want to grow, nine is probably really Garden of Eden zone. Once you get over that, it gets to be too hot for some things. You have the ability to still to grow a winter garden. You're going to be playing around with greenhousing. So you were right. You were you would need potentially a greenhouse for your setup to make the most of winter gardening. Mm, you know? Okay. So that's but cool. that's that's the that's the first conversation that we would have with you uh, that I am having with you about being successful, growing your own food is knowing your microclimate, you know, and even though it says six, six B there's parts of your property. If you have any undulations, if you got low lying areas or high lying areas or areas that are shaded by shaded, yeah, 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 you're creating a different zone. Even you're, you're crossing zone lines with shade lines and stuff. So Knowing your particular environment and choosing the right location for your garden is huge. That's 90% of your gardening success for the lifetime of your garden is knowing that number 
first. Yeah. Awesome. Right. So, you know, that's a, that's just a cool thing. Cool, cool kind of take home bit of knowledge for anybody who's trying to get started is find that, you know, USDA hardiness zone. And what's kind of funny is they just released a new map. They just came out with a brand new one. So even you're looking at 2023, I think they're like getting out with a 24 map because they're accounting now for some climate change stuff. The zone yeah. map has shifted just a little bit and people that were in 6B are now in 7A, which kind of opens up a little bit more stuff that you can grow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's super cool. And, and, and I, it just depends on who I've had on. I haven't had him be on talking about this in a while, like climate change they you know it's the funny thing is is when you go back and look at time mat magazine it's like it's like you know are we going to freeze over again there's this big article on how the earth's going to freeze and they scare the crap out of you and they sell a bunch of stuff and then it's like and then the earth's going to get super hot and so they they went from you know ice freezing and global warming to climate change because it's climate change is more vague term these are all system scientists or wordsmiths using all this stuff I was just uh, listening to a lecture last night from somebody that I really like and trust, and I've never been steered wrong, and everything they've said has come true exactly how they said it. And so I have a high degree, but I, you know, I'm still skeptical about everything. But I, I know I can trust this person. So somebody was this woman was talking about questioning him, asking about climate change, and he said, "Well, he said the problem is, is that there are natural fluctuations in the Earth." And we are just going through some natural fluctuations now because of man and pollution and the stuff that we've been doing. We have accentuated that a little bit, but not really enough to be concerned. Now, the thing of it is, is we could make some different choices and start changing things. We could very easily get back, even though we're going to still experience times where it's going to be hotter some centuries and other centuries. It's going to be a little colder and it's. It's not something we need to freak out on. They're they're using this to sell you carbon credits, people. That's what it is. It's always about the money. Okay. Yeah. The big problem we have on this planet is pollution. Period. You want to talk about something with a climate, it is pollution. If you want to get on a bandwagon and start doing something, you know, stop buying things that are made out of plastic as an example. That would be probably the most profound thing you could do is just stop buying plastic. And when you try to stop buying plastic, you're gonna find out quickly that everything is plastic. A lot of stuff is made from crude oil and the plastics and stuff. Troy, you wanted yeah. to say something I could tell you. Yeah, no, I mean, I try actually have tried that not buying plastic thing. It's it's nearly impossible. But what you can do, I mean, if you want to make any kind of a difference, home difference, you can start composting. You know, 30, 40 percent of what you're throwing away can be made into soil. Yeah, never throw away organic material. Compost it and also... um I, I, if you get good seeds, like if you have a tomato or a, a pepper or whatever, save those seeds. Those are literally going to be the most valuable thing you could possibly, especially if, you know, SHIT hits the fan. Yeah. Seeds. That's going to be the gold. You know, people, they talk about this all the time. You know, gold. You have to have gold and silver and platinum. And I was a financial advisor and I was helping my clients get some of their money out of the market and put their part of their IRAs or we'd set up these self-directed IRAs and put some of their money in gold and platinum and stuff like that. Cause it's seems a lot more stable and safe than the freaking stock market. Gold just keeps going up and up. But if things really, 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 really get bad, what are people going to be thinking about? They're going to be thinking about food, water, shelter, communication, protection. These are the things that are going to be. So, I mean, I guess you can make some gold bullets, <laughs> but you 
but you can't eat it. You know what I mean? So what's more valuable? Is is a, a, a bag of seeds more valuable? You can grow some food and get more seeds and keep sustaining yourself or a, a chunk of gold. What are you going to do with it? You, you yeah. can't eat it. And it's actually interesting that Jim and I was talking about said that if the one source that we do have on this planet that would help us balance out the climate is gold. If we actually took gold and like made it into like nanoparticles and sprayed it into the atmosphere, that would actually help us. But I think what they're doing is they're spraying nano-sized aluminum particles, and it's it's actually heating the earth up even more because it's refract. Mm. They say they're doing it to to stop the heat, it refracts the heat from coming in from the sun. But what it's actually doing is that when the heat goes in and then it comes back out, it's refracting it back in. So it's doing the exact opposite of what they've been saying. Now I've had friends mm. that have laughed at me and made fun of me and said that all oh, that chemtrails and spraying is bullshit. And now we have tapes of all the government. And yes, we've been doing it for years. They're literally coming out now and saying it. And and, and, and and so now it's like now the next level of the conversation is like, well, now they're spraying these nano-sized aluminum particles. But what a lot of people don't understand is like that stuff's in the air everywhere. I mean, I see pictures of somebody like a buddy of mine's in Europe, and he catches a big trout, a brown trout over there, and I see a chemtrail behind him. You mm-hmm. know, and I see somebody down in South America, and there's one over there. So we get them all the time. Zoom, zoom. I mean, you go down to Portland, there could be 13, 14, 16 of them across the, uh, across the sky. It's insane. And what are they mm-hmm. spraying? I don't know. Do you think maybe we should know that? I've heard so many different things for that. Silver because, because who's Because um, who's paying for it? Who's paying for all that? It's our tax dollars. If I'm paying for it, I should get, I, I should have the right to know what I'm paying for. Yeah, I, I I just think I don't know if that's too much common sense or not, but I don't know. Makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I All might right, even I might even you know, uh, going back to that you know trading gold. What would you rather have, gold or a pack of seeds? I would rather trade that gold to know how to do it because you can always you could get your hands on one tomato, then you'd know how to save those seeds, how to plant those seeds, how to care for them and grow them, right? Yeah. Like, but just giving someone, I mean, this this is a this is a very common issue, common problem that we face is you can give someone, I could give you absolutely everything that you need to be a successful gardener and not have any, and like, just, just here's a pack of stuff and you're still going to find a way to mess it up your first time. Yeah. You know, if you knew, if you just understood the process and what goes into it and why you're doing certain things and, and you had one, one little bit of coaching, one good season of coaching, you would be a gardener forever. Yeah, you know, so I'd rather not give you a pack of seeds. Seeds are hard. Seeds is actually the hardest place to start. I would never. That's kind of a mean thing to do is to give someone a pack of seeds. <laughs> Grow your own food. Yeah, right. You know, it's not as easy as throwing them on the ground and then they just come up and they do their thing. You do need to set the stage for them, and you and ha- having infrastructure is everything. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I would try all the that I had for learning more. I've always, you know, told people like one of the best investments you can make if you're a prepper and you're really concerned about, you know, or maybe you don't have a bunch of food stored up and stuff like that, you know, go down to the used bookstore and five, six, ten bucks, get a get a wild foraging book. That would be a very valuable book to have. Like if yeah. stuff really, really gets bad because while everybody else is running around slitting everybody's throats trying to steal their <laughs> bis bisquick out of their cupboard, <laughs> you you could go outside and you know you could be eating dandelion leaves. You could be eating. Um, well, uh, what's that stuff that's, uh, 
It's a plant that grows all over the place. It's on the sidewalks and stuff, and it's super high in omega oils. Um, you know what I'm talking about? They 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 got those little fat leaves, the thick the thick leaves. I don't know. This one's not gonna come to me. I just oh uh, man. But I just purslane, purslane, purslane. Okay, I just laugh because I think I I think you you missed your calling, man. I think you I think you need to be like a like a zombie movie creator. It sounds like you've thought through like this apocalyptic situation. <laughs> <laughs> What's gonna happen? Well, I I hope not. I'm just I'm creating a. Sh I mean, from a financial advisor, which I was, I always tell people plan for the worst and expect the best. So I can I have these brief thoughts of these things, and then I kind of plan for them. But I I like to get away from because I don't like to. The more you speak or think about something, the more it becomes more of your reality, right? That's true. So I just want to have this shield of love around me. But, you know, it's just like I'm so plugged into so many people and I have so many friends that like have conspiracy type shows and stuff like that. And they're just trying to speak truth out there. And there's uh, at one side of me, it's like, oh, this is good information. But like, I don't even watch the news anymore. You know, yeah. I, I just stay away from it because it's negative. And so you literally create your own world. You do. The world is actually inside of us. It's not outside of you. It's yeah, your, your own world is inside of you. All right. So we need to take another quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up with my buddy, Troy Smotherum. We'll be right back. The average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross. But worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health. The best part? It is super gentle. And there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products. And it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with Troy Smotherman. And uh, we've been talking about starting your organic garden. And um, they have a company called Start Organic. And it says down below, vegetable garden service, right? Is that what the... Yeah, we're still... I mean, we're... Ideally, we're coaching you through the process, right? That's that's the goal. It's, it's yeah. more of an education, you know, orga organic gardening education. Yeah, I see you got your your cowboy hat on. I, I I'd love to bring my buddy Jeremiah down to these gardens, and we could set up our guitars and play music for you guys while you're, you know, dude, you're tomatoes. invited. You're that you can join Josh and I. We both play guitar too. We we have a little band, uh, and that hey man, music music and food goes together really well. Yeah, and have you learned about like how the birds sing and how they stimulate the plants and all that? no not not dude check into that it is it's like it's it's that's how it's oh everything is so connected troy it's so amazing like i i learned about that and then there's been like research done on it and stuff too but the bottom line is it's like wow the when the birds are singing they're actually stimulating plant growth whoa and if they're if the birds didn't sing certain things wouldn't happen for certain plants like literally just the process wouldn't happen for them that's how connected the whole system is that's so crazy. cool. I haven't I haven't thought of that, but I do. I mean, I'm I'm a beekeeper, so I know I'm like I'm seeing the interactions that are happening there. It is I do understand the connection. And we were talking about you know fungus earlier and, and mycelium and how that's all connected. You know, underneath every garden box, if the if the box is open on the bottom, 
it's that mycelium could be literally connected to the next garden box over and they could be sharing nutrient and information and just strengthening these plants through and eventually over to the trees and the shrubs and the bushes and everywhere. Exactly. Pretty amazing stuff. Okay. So, so you guys, um, you're doing all this corporate stuff. Now, usually everything we do is like grassroots bottoms up, but you were able like to get into the corporate area where people are like congregating basically and working like it's going to the, the church of commerce, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then you, you, you got them all, they're all captive, like literally they're in there doing their little slave jobs. And then you get them outside so they can be a human being again. And then a third of them are going home and actually starting their own garden. So this is really cool. And now some of it with, without you and um, without you and Josh having to shovel that chicken manure and build the box, they're actually doing it themselves. This is exciting, right? So what's, what's, is is it for you? Is that like been having like when you when you meet somebody and then they start their own garden, they get it rock and roll, and you go over and visit their garden, and they got this bounty growing. Is it? Do you feel like like this proud dad? Oh man, I'm that is that is the reason I'm still doing this. Like we're you know, we're 14 years in. It's a struggle. Start, small business is a struggle, man. Like mm -hmm. don't let anybody you know. Oh, start small business is the easiest thing. Like, there's no easiness about it. You know, we struggled over and over again, and we've had to recreate ourselves and the business over and over again. And we're not millionaires, you know, when, but when I see somebody who's never done it before, go in, follow our, follow our direction, and then they grow their food. They pull this thing out of the ground. I'm telling you this, the smile that you get, you yeah. cannot duplicate this smile. It doesn't exist anywhere else. This, this like pride of, it's pride of accomplishment, like sense of accomplishment, but also connection with nature in one smile while holding up like a bunch of carrots yeah. or your first big beefsteak tomato where it's like bigger than your hands, a two pound tomato. You yeah. grew the thing and you're just like, wow, you know, and then you eat it. And even though it might not actually taste different than something you might have bought at the store, it might not. It will to you. It will taste so beautiful. Like you'll taste the beauty in the thing. Uh, and even if you're not tasting the difference, if it doesn't taste that different, you're getting maximum nutrient value. Yeah. You know, nutritional value drops quite substantially substantially after something is harvested. 50%. Half of nutrients can be lost within 72 hours. Oh, easily. There was that, it, uh, I talk about it all the time. There was that years ago, there was a study down, I think, in uh uh, University of Berkeley in California where they were testing just the enzyme activity and they took a head of lettuce, hooked it up to a plant in the soil mm -hmm. and then harvested it. And then like 32, 30 minutes later, it had dropped the enzyme activity had dropped 52%. Yeah. In 30 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes. So by the time, you know, the average produce is shipped 1500 to 2,500 miles. I mean, a lot of it's coming out of Cali. Um, then they spray stuff on it to keep it fresh and, in the trucks and it's just like you're getting away from nature at that point right and then it was most likely grown in nutrient deficient soil so when when, when what your guys are doing is like you help that person grow that beef steak tomato and they're eating it themselves not only does it taste better it's healthier uh, it's healthier for them now they're going to live longer they're going to have more energy they're going to be a better mom better dad better uncle better aunt grandma whatever it is better soccer player you know surfer piano player whatever guitar player you're going to be a better individual and guess what 
you started draw you, you gave your money to to Troy. You gave your money to other companies that are supporting you with quality products and soil amendments and stuff like that. Rather than giving your money to to a big huge corporation that's growing you the 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 shell, the shadow of a beefsteak tomato that that's just not even it's not really going to serve you. It kind of kind of looks like it. I mean, you guys have seen some of these salads. You go to these some of these restaurants and the the salad's kind of browned around the outside of the edge and the tomato's kind of like soft and then you pour some ranch dressing on it that's got gmo cow milk and weird crap in it and and you eat that uh that and, and then you're going to get cancer i mean that's just the bottom line. you're setting yourself up for so why why do we keep doing this why why knowing that 4300 people a day are dying from processed foods i think you're in the right spot brother i think you and you and josh um are, are doing something good and you're part of uh, the trend you even though you're going top down with your approach your bottoms up because you're literally just doing that to get in front of a lot of people in that group setting teach them and a third of them going home and growing is pretty pretty profound um so i want to thank you for what you're doing it's really is god's work and um i've actually experienced it myself a little bit in um uh in yoga you know where i'll go to like mexico and teach a class and uh at a at a resort type setting and and uh just tell my friends, Hey, I'm going to go to the beach and do yoga every morning. If you want to come out, I'll teach you a class. And then I go around talking to the other people. And by the end of, you know, five, six, seven days, there's 25 people out there doing yoga with me and people write me and they tell me I joined a yoga studio when I got back home. And it was just that they got that experience, right? They got that experience from somebody that was knowledgeable that had already been through it. And they got some apprenticeship. They got just enough apprenticeship and probably enough excitement from the experience itself that they're never going to forget about it and forever it will change their life and all the people around them. So what you're doing is awesome. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really glad that, um, uh, that Max, uh, uh, connected us. So, all right. So w w if somebody or a corporation like, uh, wants to get working with you, like, um, how do they do it? Uh, I mean, just check out, I mean, our, I guess websites, the easiest way, startorganic.org. You know, okay. we're a, we're a .org. We're a for-profit business, but we are a .org because we've always had this aspiration to add on a nonprofit side. And so you're, just, you're saying top down. I, you know, I said, I'm, I, we're coming from top down because we're, we're working with influence of the biggest companies in yeah. the world, right. To, to make sure that like, cause that, that hammers a message home with when these biggest companies in the world, they say it's cool to garden, then it's cool to garden and people are going to do it. So it comes, yeah. that message comes from the top down there. But also, we're working to start our own nonprofit where we can introduce this from bottom up. And my my definition of bottom up is schools. Yeah. I if if by the end of my life, I'm gonna do this until I die. Like there's no question. I'm doing this forever because it's it's fun for me. It's a reminder for me to grow my own food and connect back with that first process that I felt. Because I feel it every time. It's not like it's diminished. If I grow my food, I pulled a cauliflower out of my garden yesterday. It was amazing. This thing has been growing for <laughs> two two and a half months. I grew it. I I, I seasoned it up. Did a little saute, and it's there. That feeling hasn't changed a bit since the first time I did my first garden. So, in my lifetime, if I can replace myself, let's say we start school gardens now, and for the next five generations of kids coming through, by the time I'm eighty and on my deathbed, I'm dying. If it's ingrained with schools. I will no longer be needed to teach adults how to grow food because it's in our school system. 
So we're working on that as well. That won't be, you know, when next next year when we do this uh, one year anniversary of this podcast, we will have some school gardens going and we'll be having our nonprofit part kicking up too. Uh, so yeah, man, teaching is, you're, I mean, you teach, you're spreading the word, man. It, 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 there is something so beautiful about seeing results in other people and seeing the reactions that you get. When someone comes to me, runs up holding this thing, I mean, it's, you get a zucchini as big as your body, you know, you get a, you get a cantaloupe or a watermelon or, or you got these beefsteak tomatoes and stuff that comes out. People come run, come running up, like, look at this thing. You know, like I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know they got this big. And it's like, hey, if, if, if you guys grown any pumpkins for like competitions, you know, I typically, if we do pumpkins, I try to get people to steer more toward get a bunch of little ones yeah. versus trying to grow <laughs> yeah, the vine that is the, you know, the 2000 pound one time. They have one. those, like there's these places they'll have these competitions and people truck in this big ass pumpkin. No, and they I've set seen them down. I'm always it's like, super Oh impressed. my God, this is yeah. ridiculous. I'm always super impressed, but that's like, that's a very high, super highly specialized thing. And then yeah. no one's making pie. You know, like you're not you're not making pumpkin pie out of that one. Dude, if probably you do, if you did, you'd make like a bazillion pies. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, that's that. I mean, that's like that's how you feed that's how you feed the masses. But that's a man that the level of attention. It's oh just yeah, like the guys who are growing the world's hottest pepper. Yeah, the, the level of specialization that we're getting into. My focus is get you growing lots of different varieties because that's that's the best way to grow your soil is grow four different kinds of tomatoes, three different kinds of zucchini and squash, three different kinds of cucumbers, not be like, hey, Tim, can you grow a 2,000 pound, very highly specialized pumpkin that you need a trailer to move? You know? Right, uh, yeah. But, you know, that, that's, but there's beauty in all of it, man. See, seeing the guy who has produced the world's hottest pepper, don't, I don't even want to be in the same room, let alone touch it, and then yeah, and, and then touch it? your eyes. Jeez. Yeah, right. Consume it. You you could be touching. You could be pruning the leaves of that plant off, and by just pruning the leaves and having the cut happen near you, you've pepper sprayed yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's that's what these guys are getting into. I'm like, eh, yeah, they're wearing hazmat suits for the hottest pepper. You know, certain funny. parts of this, I kind of keep at arm's length there, but uh, yeah. but I at the same time, I love it, man. Like. That's to me, that's that's some really cool entertainment there. Seeing some guys like try the hot pepper eating contest. My God, these people willingly pepper spraying themselves over and over again. Oh, this one's two million Scoville rating. It's like I had a jalapeno with a with a hundred thousand and I'm dying on it over here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I yeah. Well, uh, it's so cool the, for the listeners out there, if you guys can feel Josh's passion coming through. You know, I had another guy on. It was actually a guy back when I was doing mortgages. He worked at a Wells Fargo. He's a manager, and I came in and I was trying to get some turndown business. You know, the bank can't get it done, but I was a broker and a banker, so I could I could broker it out and do stuff they couldn't. And I wanted to develop, develop a relationship. And he says I can't get these guys to do nothing. He said maybe you could come in and train them. I'm like I'll train all of them as long as I can get all the turndowns. He's like done deal. So I kept going in and seeing this office. We built a great relationship. Then, you know, I'd switch careers and everything a couple of times, finally got into health and he calls me up and we're talking and he's like, yeah, we're, we're growing a half. We have like a half acre garden here, like quarter, he's a quarter acre, half acre garden. And it turned him and his brother and it turned into this community deal and they're feeding like 
14, 15, 16 families off this yep. little off this little garden. So at home too, like if you start gardening, you might it might turn into a little business or it could be a thing to bring your community together. It's a good thing to bring your family together. Get get people together and where they can contribute to something and then you can you can all break bread and you know, have some squash and stuff like that. And right. I still yeah. remember like, dude, growing up, I, I, somehow I met this guy named Dennis and he, he had the only organic farm in town over here in Eastern Oregon. I mean, that I knew of back then, I didn't even know organic was like even a word. Mm. And, uh, he, uh, he, every morning I'd show up and he'd, we'd go out and pick squash and zucchini tomatoes and we get some of this white corn and he has some super sweet corn i know they're hybrid i'm not really into that stuff anymore but and then he would make an omelet from that we go get the eggs from the chickens and it was all right there we go grab it and we'd make this omelet and there's never been an omelet that tasted that good ever ever welcome to welcome to my world man that is literally my thing like i go out and i get my veggies i had i had chickens until last year i'm going to be getting a new round of chickens too but that that's my that's my thing you can ask you can ask anybody like that i am like fresh veggie omelet is my thing <laughs> it's unbelievable i, had I just one remember this morning, the man the the flavor just like pouring into my mouth i'm like ah. i just i only made like four bucks an hour but and i worked my butt off but like i was so i was just happy to be there for the omelets i'd work for the omelets they were so good those fresh yeah. vegetable omelets and and I um, mean, so you mentioned this guy feeding a lot of people in a small space uh, the reality is, and a lot of people want to know how much space do I really need? You know, you yeah, could, good question. You know, you could offset, you could offset a quarter of what you eat in a hundred square feet. That's a 10 by 10. That's 10 by 10. I mean, it's not really 10 by 10 cause you need the rows. Like you need to be able to get through it. You can't, you don't want to make things in blocks. That's why it is funny you mentioned like people living in their boxes and driving to work in their boxes. It's funny because I'm I am encouraging people to grow in boxes. Think outside the box, but grow inside the box, right? Because yeah. it does produce really well when you're doing raised bed gardening. But three raised beds, like the ones you're seeing behind me, these are four foot by eight foot raised garden beds. That's yeah. 32 growing square feet each. Three of those is 96 square feet. Three raised beds. You can get more than a quarter of your food. It really depends on what you like to eat specifically, but a quarter of your food can come from there. You're offsetting the carbon emissions. You're offsetting transport, all, all transportation costs associated with food. You're you're contributing to chemical free living. A hundred. We're all feet. about that. Yeah, and that's that's a hundred square feet. Yeah. Right, and that's that's not even particularly expensive to set up. If you did it on your own, you're going to recoup the cost. If you build that garden yourself and you follow our instructions, you're going to recoup the cost of building the garden within your first year of growing food. Every year after that is gravy. And yeah. these garden beds are going to last 15, 20 years. So what is the benefit of the raised bed? Because I've heard different because, you know, it's not like you find raised beds out in nature. So why are we doing it? Is it I would say I would say there's just two big benefits. One is the soil amendments that you're filling these with are top notch, the right blend of soil. You're mixing topsoil, compost, organic compost, and chicken manure. You're sort of building this like super soil, right? Without having to take the time to build soil, you're importing super soil. So it's 
fast. It's instant gratification way. And that might not be the best thing for the sustainability of earth. I mean, it will eventually be because this garden is going to be around for a long time. You only fill these beds one time with that soil. So you're starting with super soil on day one and you have a framework for protection from pests, right? You, you're keeping small rodents out, right? So uh, field mice, rats, even uh, skunk and stuff are not really engaging with that. Uh, you have a framework now that you could put like little tubes or netting over the top of to keep birds out if you needed. You're building this like little zone that's like that's yours you're 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 fencing off this thing it's like a little thing, oasis right? yeah I guess. yeah so so those are i mean people talk about the convenience of gardening whether you're bending over or whatever you're still bending over you still yeah. have to get in there and do gardening work still got to pull weeds and stuff so it's i think it's less about like bringing the garden up to you as you're, you're an aging person you don't want to bend over and more about super soil on day one instant gratification and keeping pests out of there and, and and having a wood framework to just nail things onto oh i want to put this we had okay this is a short story we sure. had a big problem in this garden this year with very small finch birds that really only wanted to eat seed so right after you planted seeds or when plants were two to four inches tall they would come and pick all the leaves off because they were really soft supple leaves they were great food for these guys but if you don't want birds to come into the garden, all you need is a pinwheel, you know, a little stick with a thing that spins around on it, like a little mini windmill, right? As long as you have any wind, that thing, you put one of those in your garden bed and the birds are afraid to land there because there's just shiny movement. Yeah. Right. So having a, a place to nail something onto a little framework on the edge of the box or a little spot to stick that thing in the ground is all that this garden, the one that's behind me in the picture, maybe people are watching me, but they're not watching, but there's a garden behind me with garden beds with, you know, raised garden beds. That is all that garden needed to produce really well this season. Safe from the finches. The finches, tiny, I mean, you wouldn't think anything, but there's hundreds of them. Oh yeah, man. And yeah. they'll come through and just, it was broccoli. It was like all the broccoli, kale, your brassica family stuff when it's very young because those leaves are edible. We can eat those leaves. We can eat broccoli leaves and stuff. So they're Nature's really tasty. Working. Nature's working, man. The bees, the wasps. I just already this year, like the, after the snow melted, I'm I'm already seeing like the robins just came back. I just saw them a few days ago. Now the robins are here. I get these big flocks of starlings come in. Then they pick up and they land in another spot. Another spot. There's magpies out there. There was actually a magpie chasing a mole across the snow and picking at its tail and kept picking at its tail and the mole's kind of going away and. I'm just like, well, these things are like aggressive and, um, you know, they're scavengers too and stuff like they, they'll eat dead carcasses and stuff. So I don't think the mole made it. I think the magpies won, but. Well, that's, um, I, you know what, personally, I think that's a big win is, is just observing nature there and seeing that, Hey, if you've got moles, voles, uh, underground rodents, that's a big problem for gardens. But if you have a natural predator that's coming to get them, you're going to put that predator on a pedestal. You say, thank you, magpie your friend we're going to put you in the friend category and you might even start attracting them into the garden with something so yeah. that they can help you manage this gopher issue yeah right awesome well the coyotes will help out too yeah well dude i really appreciated our time today um very awesome stuff you guys can go over and check them out at start 
O-R-G. That's startorganic.org. And they have, um, they've got uh, everything you need to know. And there's online courses now, which yeah. is cool. At work, at home. I'm, I'm just clicking on the at home tab. Yeah, we're doing um, a we're doing a live happy hour series where Josh and I, founders of Start Organic, are going to be on on a weekly basis. We're going to answer gardening questions, but we're going to kind of be coaching you live through your growing seasons. That's launching this spring. So if you want to join that, there's links yeah, there to join up for that. Your first time is always going to be free. Just come and meet us, and uh, you know that's that's kind of our new big thing for this spring. You can also check out. Um, Instagram or Facebook, we're Start Organic, you know, at Start Organic. Sweet. Yeah, go to Facebook Facebook or Instagram, Start Organic. That's it. All right. Well, thank you, Troy. And um, thank you, listeners, for tuning in for another show of the Health Hero Show here. Hope you guys got something out of it. And hope you guys that are maybe in the back of your mind, you've been thinking about gardening, you don't know what to do. Here's a free live gardening happy hour event. So make yourself a green juice, put some green 85 in a jar and shake it up, set back and save your spot. I know space is limited on that, uh, that deal they got going on, but you can get in there and you can learn. It's, you know, they got free starter co courses. They got one-on-one -on -one consultations and gardens, um, tons of testimonies. They'll teach you how to start a successful garden. It's not going to grow itself, right? So take action and, um, and happy gardening. All right. Until next time, change yourself, change your world. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to The Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs>